The content of this podcast is provided as general informational purposes only. It is not intended for, nor should it be used to replace professional behavior intervention and advice. This is Sissy. And this is Susan. And we are Function Junction. Behavior Matters. Hey, Susan. I am so excited. Um, I I have a great friend. Tisha Gonzalez is here with us, and you know Tisha too. I do. It's so good to see your face. Our listeners probably know by now we record these on Zoom, so I haven't seen you in person in years, so it's great to see you. I just follow you on social media, but um, Tisha, thank you so much for being with us. You've got some great things to share, and I want to hear all about it. Oh, it's awesome. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah. So, Tisha, I know that you're a BCBA. We were going through the coursework at the same time. I also know that you're a speech-language pathologist. That was the beginning of your career. And you and I are both uh, certified by TEACH as advanced consultant level. Um, Well, our certification is at the advanced consultant level. So, the thing that might be kind of new for some people is that you and Sandra Jacobs have uh, a program called Be Social, correct? We do. It's Be Social Network. We're here in San Antonio. And it's spelled B-E-E, like a honeybee. Exactly. We just really took a look at bees and bee behavior and what a community it is and just love the whole way that... um, worker bees, you know, support each other and take care of the hive and uh, all that good stuff. And so I just am such a huge fan of of bees and everything they do for our, our world around us. So we thought it would be a great title for our name for our company. That's so cool. I never really thought about bees in that way and the culture of bees. But now that you say that, that really is the perfect title. <laughs> amazing. Your, yeah. <laughs> and you guys provide a several things. One of them is social skills training, correct? Exactly. And we really feel that social skills training, social skills development is such a critical life skill. And, you know, the clients that come to us really struggle with uh, interaction, social interaction, social communication skills. And it's really uh, can be painful for for many of them. And uh, many of the families and caregivers that that um, register their their children to be our clients really see that struggle and want to get the support and help that they they need. Yeah. yeah. What age of students do you work with? Um, we work with school age and young adults. So okay, oh, you know, yeah. So all all ages and and young adults in a variety with a variety of skills. You think about social skills, and it's just a huge, huge, <laughs> big area of, yeah. of skills. It's endless. It really is endless. endless. And Sissy and I have talked about that piece and how critical it is as for adults to be able to be contributing members of society. Um, I'm not going to repeat myself a hundred times like I always do, but I'm curious, you know, there's a lot of research about social skills and applied behavior analysis. And I'm just kind of curious if there's any, where you see that overlap and what you, what you, how do you view, view that overlap of social skills and ABA? Oh, there is a lot of overlap because, of course, you know, you can um, build self-confidence and self-awareness and then really hit some targeted skills that you can shape up and you can um, help that person, that client develop those skills with practice. 
there's a number of strategies that that are out there that are available. And really, we use a lot of task analysis. We use a lot of uh, antecedent intervention, and of course, a lot of reinforcement. And it's just it just blends appropriately. And you just you cannot help uh, but use applied behavior analysis in working with uh, social skills. Yeah, and you know, people don't think about this a lot. I don't think about the piece of social of positive reinforcement and social skills because <clears throat> being socially appropriate is hard for a lot of our learners, right? Mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. we've got to give them a why bother. And you know, oh, for, yeah. right, for us, the three of us, we're our positive reinforcer is just being together and chitting, chatting and ha- just getting that that social, you know, uh feed on or whatever it is, but that's not what I want to say to get that social reinforcement just from being social, but you have right. to add on that positive reinforcement. Um, you know, just like you'd have to positively reinforce me if to do algebra, right. And kids on the <laughs> exactly. spectrum tell us that they need social skills taught to them. Like we taught them algebra and, you know, math and spelling. Exactly. So I love that piece and making it worth their while to be socially appropriate. And, you know, it's, it's, not so much um, that they're get, getting reinforced with the actual interaction, but they're getting reinforced with feeling successful in engaging in initiating conversation, maintaining conversation, ending conversation, holding the topic, uh, staying, you know, um, um, figuring out what the other person likes, making comments and and having appropriate reactions uh, is is a lot of the the things that they are they're proud of doing. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it, it's so it's it's kind of heartbreaking at times because we have uh, many clients that have expressed um, that they are just um, they struggle so much with initiating interaction and, and that whole anxiety, um, you know, feelings of anxiety start developing and 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 becoming right at their forefront that they it's a roadblock for them. And so when they make that first attempt, just having that release and seeing that they can make that first attempt is quite reinforcing for them. Yeah. That's you so know, cool. you were talking about, um, when you were talking about it, you pretty much overlaid communication and social skills, you know, talking about initiating mm-hmm. and maintaining and being a speech pathologist. Do you see like, I mean, I, you know, I have said it before, but not, maybe not on the podcast it is really hard to separate out social skills versus communication, don't you think? Oh gosh, yes. It's they go right along the same line. You know, it's parallel work, and um, we really and they they cross over each other multiple times in multiple ways. And uh, you know, for many of our kids, just finding the words. Like we were working with this one young girl, and we talked about how making comments really helps the the listener, the person that you're you're talking to understand that they're that you're engaged and that you're understanding what they're saying so saying simple simple comments like okay or yes or oh wow those things are really valuable versus someone who just stands there maybe doesn't even look look their way the other thing is about um building that the the prosody and the the fluency of their communication skills uh, is something that we, we we work with as well this one client we had i remember um, she gets real hung up on answering a question when someone poses a question. It could be something as simple as, do you have any pets? And right away, her anxiety starts to build and she doesn't know what to say. And she she knows the answer, but it's just the whole initiation part of it. And so giving her those little, those little um, bridge kind of comments 
have really helped are things like, oh, that's a good question. Tell me about yours. Do you have some? So kind of like taking the pressure off of her so she can have a little more time to kind of get her her statement and her her response uh, in order. And she's um, she's done quite well. A lot, a lot of our, our, our clients do quite well. Just understanding that you can say something else to kind of keep your answer, let you, let you have time to formulate your answer, gives them that little extra time and uh, helps them out. That's such a good strategy. You said a word that I don't know our listeners well know what the meaning of. You said prosody. Can you talk mm-hmm. about that a little bit? So it's it's okay. the ability to um, have your your speech go in in a in a rate and in a format that is is comfortable, that is pleasing for for the listener, and also pleasing for you, so that you have a comfortable rate of speech and and know exactly. Um, and then deliver that message in a smooth, smooth format. Because I always think of reciprocity, but that was a new word for me. So thank you for doing that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sure. y'all were talking about social and communication overlap. And, and I think behavior overlaps with all of that. Oh, you know? absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, it's important for our listeners and for anybody working with kids on the spectrum to realize that when you see a behavior, it's not because they want to be bad it's because the the social communication pieces that are breaking down just like that young lady um you know and just in uh you know the whole executive functioning processes that happen um we just recently had another client i mean there's so many great examples of of how uh, people struggle with this but this one client was so excited to have a swim date with another client that he's in a group with here with us and they were both very excited about it. Well, when the swim date came, that whole executive functioning kind of played a huge, huge role in him being able to manage his his behavior and, and his impulses. And, and it it turned out to be, you know, a, a challenging time for him. And the parents really worried about, you know, gosh, he knows this 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 other little boy. Why did he struggle so much? And it's that invisible stuff that we don't see yeah. that happens you know, as they're processing that, um, that, you know, really is, can be very painful for, for many kids. And uh, so instead of, you know, giving them a, a consequence that is a punishment, you know, we worked with the parents and talked to them about, these are some things that we need to continue to prime and we need to continue to, uh, to uh, offer him support instead of, you know, giving him a punishment for um, maybe engaging in a behavior that they felt was not socially appropriate. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard for mm-hmm. them. So. And, you know, you mentioned at the very beginning, there's so many skills and there are so many skills. I mean, it just can, it continues through life, you know, mm-hmm. and I just wonder, like, where do you start? Do you do a kind of an evaluation or do you like what? Absolutely. Yes. We do not like to do things, you know, in the dark. And, and you know, it's about getting some some specific target skills laid out. Uh, to start with and having a plan uh, executed uh, because then you're lost. If you don't really have a pinpoint direction as to where you're going, well, it, it's so huge. And so we do a, what we call a social performance review. We interview the parent. We ask parents questions about their major concerns. Uh, we ask about their, their child's strengths and interests and their, their challenges at home, at school, everywhere. And then um, we give them some checklists to, to fill out uh, that, that fall into various categories, pragmatics and um, social communication, things like that. So, and then we interview the, the, the client, the, the individual themselves and ask them 
what they struggle with and what they want to learn. And um, so many of them tell us, it's almost like we, we have, it's on repeat, but so many of our clients tell us during these these performance reviews uh, that they don't have friends and that they want to have friends. Uh, and, um, but they get nervous or they don't know what to say or, um, and they, that some pe- times people, other kids think that they're not interested, in, uh, but uh, they do want to have friends. So that, again, that's a, a situation where we really want to pinpoint those skills so they can start those interactions with their peers. But so many people on the spectrum do want friends. And where do you even start with that? Like, <clears throat> you know, just an initiation, because I've had kids that have made so many social errors that they just give up, you know, like, right. They get a girl's phone number and they text her 64 times in one day. And then, you know, they're like, well, forget it. I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. And so I just wish that some of these friends that I think about in my past had something like you um, and be social. Well, we love what we do and we're so proud of each and every one of our clients. Uh, Many clients, you know, start making progress right away. Others take a little longer, but it's about, you know, their perseverance and and offering that positive feedback and accepting those approximations. And uh, even if it's, you know, just turning your body in the direction of the speaker is all that we're uh, trying to accomplish at this point in time versus, you know, long conversation. And that's where we take it. Um, So, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's very rewarding. And, um, you know, we see more and more, clients that really um, um, benefit from the the program and really want to further, you know, on through the, through the program. And um, Tisha, how do parents or schools contact you? How does that work? So we're, of course, we're on, on, you know, they can do a web search uh, and then we have a website, besocialnetwork.com. Many families will get um, um, our information from another parent or from a school, or from a pediatrician, um, just and so, or they'll just do an internet search because they know that they know that their child is is struggling with with social communication skills, and um, they'll find us that way as well. And just curious, since we're li- still living through COVID a year and a half later, mm-hmm. um, is it in person? Is it online? What is the format? So we we do both. We do both. We do both in person sessions and uh, over over the Zoom platform for um, for clients. We have clients that don't live here in San Antonio. We have clients that live in other cities uh, that still have you know come and access our services, but they do it you know online. And then the clients that live here in San Antonio, uh, we offer you know whatever the family is is. Um, comfortable with. If they really prefer an online uh, session, then we offer that. Uh, but many of them are really pushing and enjoying the in-person stuff. And it's it really is beneficial, but we could still do the same thing uh, online. We Our sessions, we like to start our program uh, offering individual sessions with the, the clients. So we do one-on-one with them for several sessions and get them ready and to move into a group. And then we prepare the group for a new member and uh, so it's a, a nice transition. And then kids can come, can, can leave the group and get, you know, um, more individual sessions. It's just, it's all customizable and based on the, sure. the client's needs. Sure, sure. And you two are also, I mean, Be Social is also a vendor for the TEA. Um, yes. Yeah, SESS. Yeah. Yes. Talk to yes. us about what that is. 
So um, SESS is um, a program that's offered through uh, TEA that offers a family who has a a child who is a star alt um, taker, test taker, a self-contained student. Um, They offer the family $1,500 for the school year, and they are able to buy materials with those with that money through vendors that are listed on the, oh, the, wow. the TA website, right. And, uh, or services, speech therapy, oh. our services and other services. And this is all related to the worry over COVID creating a lack exactly. or drop off in skills, right? Exactly. So yes. Interesting. Okay. So for those of you that don't know, TEA is the Texas education agency and Tisha, do you know what SESS stands for? It is. SSES, it's the Supplemental Special Education Services. Um, And like I said, it's from uh, TEA. The website is sses.tea.texas.gov. That's such valuable information. I did not know anything about that. And so it's anybody um, who is a star alt who's going to be taking the Texas State... Yes, star, right. Star Alt 2, Star Alt 2. Star Alt 2. Um, yes, and um, they, it's a short application uh, that they fill out, and then they see if they qualify. Um, they have to be enrolled in public school, and they have to have a primary disability that's under the list uh, that, they, that they accept, and one of them is, is autism. I know another is intellectual disability, um, but they can access and receive all kinds of resources, educational resources and supplies and services, like I said, like speech therapy, social skills services, things like that. Wow, that's super cool. I know parents we're going to really enjoy and, and need that information. Thank you for sharing that. Sure. So, Tisha, also, let's think about, I know you've been doing this a while. Working all over the world, we should all over the world. Think back to like, do you remember your first, the first student with autism that you worked with? Absolutely. How do you forget the first student (laughs) that you've ever worked with? You know, all of us remember our first students, and my first student happened to be a student with autism. Uh, And then soon after that, I had a whole class of students with autism that. that, that I worked with. Um, and they continue to be, you know, hold, to hold a very special place in my heart for sure. How did you, you know, you started out as a speech therapist and ended up as a classroom teacher. How did you know that was going to shift for you? When I just, it, <laughs> I just love being in that classroom. I, um, and working with those, those students, they were unlike any student that I'd ever, or client that I ever worked with and had training with, you know, back in the the 80s, you really didn't get autism training. Uh, and so they are such unique learners and really um, piqued my interest in trying to uh, to offer them skills and to teach them what what uh, back then I felt was was important. Now I think I've shifted in my my uh, what I think is important in teaching kids with autism uh, from back in the 80s. Yeah, uh, we know we know so much more now and we we know. Um, what to target. So um, yeah, those, those kids, I mean, they're in their mm, 40s. Tisha, just listening to you at Sissy Talk, I, I guess I, did, I knew it, but I never really realized that your paths have been very parallel, both being speech pathologists, but or speech therapists, both being teachers, 
both being the teach um um so having that teach certification that you mentioned and both being bcbas and i think you're probably the only two in texas who have the bcba three sandra being the third having the the teach um, certification and being a bcba so that's pretty cool yeah we're we love both methodologies and philosophies and can't separate them out and uh, use them on a day-to-day basis. And, um, and really, you know, after more formalized training uh, have continued to realize that we've been doing those strategies all along, you know, earlier in our, in our careers as well. But um, now having the certifications for both of them, you say, Oh, okay. That's what I've been doing. You know? Yeah. And I, I think it's so interesting. Sissy and I've talked about this before, about how back in the day it was like the teach warriors and the ABA soldiers and all that. And, you know, we've kind of kind of gotten away from that and they really do meld together beautifully. I find it interesting though, when I, um, cause I, I teach some graduate courses in applied behavior analysis and I find it interesting. The last class I taught was organizational behavior management and they were just, wowed by things like visuals you know and visual cues and Mm -hmm. um structuring up the the area and clean you know it was like that was I mean even though those are antecedent strategies I I just was really kind of shocked and amazed at how new that was to so many of the students because I think they're just so used to using positive reinforcers you know of course but looking to it that structure piece um, was new to a lot of them. So I, I thought that was really interesting. But um, I wanted to ask you something else about, oh, um, your clients. So do you do you do do you group them like according to age or according to like how does that work? How do you and Sandra manage the groupings? So we do group according to age. Uh, we also of course take into account um, areas that we're trying to target. So more, you know, some clients were really working on some more foundational skills where others were working on, um, you know, maybe higher level skills or skills that are a little, you know, more broad. Well, that seems like a a pretty good place to stop. I I think she shared a lot of really good information with us about social skills. I was, you know, particularly interested in the special education supplemental services that families can access. um, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Do you, do you have a question for us? I do. Let me read it to you. Tisha talked about the hidden curriculum and how it can be difficult for some, some learners to understand these hidden rules of social skills. One way to teach this broad concept is with A, positive reinforcement, B, antecedent strategies, C, social narratives, D, none of the above, or E, all of the above. Well, let's start at the top. <laughs> Positive reinforcement, you would sure use positive reinforcement when you're teaching something, right? If you want to increase a behavior, you are probably going to use positive reinforcement. So that one is definitely in there. And so that definitely bumps out none of the above, right? It does. Absolutely. Antecedent strategies. She talked about antecedent strategies and uh, using visuals and you know, giving them, priming them for activities. Right. Uh, So definitely B. And C is social narratives. We definitely use social narratives when we 
are teaching social skills. It's a great way. And their cue might have been social narratives, right? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, in the interview, we did talk about how in the old days, we were always kind of using consequence-driven strategies and and really not looking as much at the antecedent strategies. And then the whole piece with positive reinforcement is, remember, socially interacting for kids on the spectrum isn't in and of itself positively reinforcing, right? So we have to create them. So I think it would be all of the above. All of the above. Absolutely. That's true. We sure thank you guys for listening, and we hope you come back next week to hear the rest of what Tisha has to share with us. She has some more fun things that you are sure to enjoy. Yes, we do. And as always, please like, subscribe, share, or comment on our social media and or rate and review us on the podcast app that you're using. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day. Bye.